Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This is the Wanna Be Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 24. On today's episode, we are talking to Simple Living blogger and podcaster Jenna Arvidson about how giving everything in your home a place to live makes all the difference between being cluttered or tidy, as well as the top routines you can start using every day to stay organized. Hey there, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Deanna Yates, your resident wannabe minimalist. In today's episode, we are chatting with Simple Home Advocate and fellow podcaster, Jenna Ardvinson, and I am so excited for today's episode. Not only is Jenna my first guest on the Wannabe Minimalist show, but she knows her stuff. Honestly, she and her husband and three kids live in about 800 square feet. We'll get to that in the show, but if you are struggling with your expectations of motherhood not living up to reality, Jenna can help. Jenna gives moms permission to live differently. She teaches how to simplify your home and your day so you have time and space for what matters most. All right, now let's get to chatting with the very welcoming and friendly Jenna Arvidson. So today with me, I have Jenna, and I am so excited to have you on the show today. So I like to start by learning more about your journey because everybody does have a unique journey and how they came to minimalism or living more simply. So if you'd like, can you tell me what led you um, down this path? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I don't really have like a day, you know, a lot of people that have become minimalists or gone on this journey, it's like they hit a wall one day and just decided I have to make a change. And I don't really have that. My husband and I kind of came about this more slowly um, and have kind of peeled the onion as we've gone. Um, you know, we always wanted to live kind of small. We had these dreams of, you know, having like one toy box for our kids and not a lot of stuff. And then we had our kid. And then we had our second and our third and stuff just kept piling up, you know, and we had the best of intentions to let people know we don't need a lot of gifts. We don't, but it just comes. And I am so guilty of that. Like I would go shopping and find something we didn't need an extra toy, you know, and I'd bring it home. And I think the, the intentionality of it kind of left when, when I had kids and when I saw all the moms and what they were doing and I wanted to sign my kids up for all that stuff. And I just quickly realized that I couldn't do that. Like I could not function as a mom and manage my house and manage our stuff if I wanted to survive until bedtime basically. And so it was kind of a slow, gradual process. I started kind of stepping back and thinking like, what is it that's causing me so much stress? Cause I don't think it's my kids. I think it's my house. Like I think it's all the extra stuff and all the extra stuff on our schedules. So we started kind of paring down and, um, I've never been one to be, I mean, when I was little, I was super attached to everything, but as an adult, I've never been one to be too attached to stuff. In fact, I kind of get rid of more than I probably should sometimes. And so 
the purging part was really easy for me. I think more the change in mindset is where I had to work a little bit because I realized I was getting rid of stuff. And then, you know, a few months down the line, I was feeling the same stresses again because I had brought more stuff in. And so I had to more work on that piece and just not bringing stuff in without really thinking about it. So it's been kind of just a journey, you know, and, and really in the beginning, I was like, oh, I want to be, you know, like have nothing in my home. And then I realized that's not how I want to live. You know, I do want some things. And so I've gone back and forth and just found a really good balance for our family and just a way to just slow down, I think is the most important and unclutter my mind by just letting go of a lot of the extra stuff. So hopefully that answered your question, but it's just been kind of a roller coaster for us a little bit. Absolutely. Actually, I can relate to a lot of that story. Sometimes it doesn't happen in a quick flash. And even if it does happen in a quick flash, there's so much growth that happens when you get past that first initial phase of throwing a lot away. And you do, you grow over time. And I can relate to your moment of that intention and that mindset is really where that shift needs to happen. So um, yeah, Yeah, thank you absolutely for sharing. And I was looking, you have a gorgeous blog and a podcast yourself. And one of your recent um, podcasts discussed the importance of having a home for everything. And, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by giving your things a home? So I am a naturally messy person. Like I cannot put things back where they go. I can't, I always thought like if I have all these tubs and I, you know, they have lids on them, I don't put things back in them because I just set it on top of the lid. Like I'm just messy. And I always thought that was just like a personality trait in me that I, I just couldn't do that. That wasn't my thing, you know, but what I realized was it was because I had too much stuff that didn't have an actual place to go. So I would throw the mail on the counter because I didn't have a place for it. Or I would, you know, put my coat on the back of my chair in my office because I didn't have a coat hook or just those simple things. When you look around your house and you see all the little piles that accumulate or all the little problem areas, um, it's usually not because you're messy or you can't put things back where they go. It's because you don't have a place to actually put them. Or maybe you have a few extra things that you need to get rid of so that you can have a place. And so when I talk to moms about, you know, getting rid of some of that mental clutter of the everyday overwhelm of just when you wake up and you look at your house and there's little piles everywhere and you don't know where to put it. I think that's what causes us the most stress. And I think we get cluttered because we aren't really sure like how to put that into place. And so I always start with this, like find a place for every single thing that you have and start in your problem areas because those are the places that you spend the most time in usually. So like your kitchen and your counter, oftentimes we look at our counter and there's stuff everywhere on the counter and most of it doesn't even live in the kitchen. Like it's not because we use it to cook, it's because we didn't have another place to put it. Um, And so if we can find a home that makes more sense for those things, then we don't struggle with having to put it away because we already know where it's going to go. And it's so much easier. I think the same is true for kids. You know, their stuff ends up everywhere if they don't really know where you expect it to go back to. So one thing that, um, that you can really think about when you're trying to set up these homes is where do I want this to live? Like, where would it make the most sense in my routine? And so if it's maybe 
your keys in your purse. If every morning you're looking for your keys because you can't remember where you set them, then it's definitely time to find a home for those. And it usually makes the most sense, you know, by the door or wherever you first come into your home at, maybe it hangs there. And I think just making those little tiny switches, like if I could put my mail right here in this bucket every time I come in, I'm going to know where to put it every time I'm not even going to think about it. Or if I could hang my keys up or if my kids know that their backpack's just going to set right here in this bucket every time, it's not hard to put it away. And so that's why I just think it's so important to like find a place for those items that are misplaced, that are just kind of homeless items because your clutter becomes so much less instantly. So yeah, that's kind of where I started, I think, before I even started getting rid of things. I started thinking, like, where could this go? And if I couldn't find anywhere for it, then I had to rethink, do I really need this item? Or is it just something that's, you know, piling up in my home that's causing me a lot of stress? So, Fantastic. There's a couple of things I want to unpack there. The first was um, right what you said at the end. You know, you started not necessarily with the decluttering piece of getting rid of your items, you started with giving them a place to go. And that is kind of what took you down the path of examining whether you needed that item in your life, which I think is a little bit of a different twist that we don't normally hear about. Yeah. So I think what happened was I didn't really think I had much stuff. Like I think sometimes we don't realize that we have a lot of extra stuff. My husband and I lived in a 350 square foot apartment and I just assumed we lived tiny with our first baby and I must not have too much stuff. I mean, there's thousands of people out there that live in these huge houses. So how could I have too much stuff, right? So I didn't really think that I had excess stuff. I thought I didn't have a home for it. So as soon as I started thinking, okay, why can't I put this back? And it's because it doesn't have a place to live but I can't find a place for it to live. So maybe I need to reevaluate what I truly want to have in our home. And, you know, we don't live that small anymore, but we still are in about 750, maybe 800 square feet. It's small. And I don't think that that's necessary for simplifying your house. I think you can live in any size house you want. I think the purpose of the whole process to simplifying is just making it manageable for you. So I think, you know, I had to come to this realization that, maybe I do have too much stuff. Like I love to sew. And so when my husband and I were first married, I did that a lot. And I had tubs and tubs of fabric. It was kind of like the more fabric I could collect, the better. But because it was in tubs, I just assumed, you know, I don't have too much of it if it's in these tubs and it's sitting in the corner nicely. Um, but as soon as I started realizing that, you know, those those things didn't really have a home. They were tubs sitting in our living room maybe I could get rid of some of this and keep my favorites and actually have a home for them. That's when I started really thinking about purging items. And so it is, it's kind of a back and a forth. I think we think about minimalism and getting rid of our items and decluttering, but we don't always realize how much excess we really have and how little we can truly live with until we go through this process a few times. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I love what you said earlier about that onion and kind of just peeling back layers um, of just getting more and more refined as you go. You know, you take off that first layer and you feel comfortable and then you can say, okay, I can take off that next layer. And it just, you know, you don't know how far is comfortable for you until you start. And so I think Absolutely. that is an interesting um, way to look at it because I do think people get very nervous when they first start. And 
we live in a larger space than you, and I still consider myself a minimalist. Absolutely. Um, you know, so like you said, it doesn't really matter how big or small you live. It is more about that mindset. So tell me about, you were saying you have three children. How old are your children? So I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. You're busy. It's a busy season. <laughs> It wow, is, but not quite as busy as the season we were in just a couple years ago. So it's lessening a little bit. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, maybe a little bit of that um, calm before the storm when they start getting into all of their activities and their different yes. sports and things like that. So very nice. Um, and so how are you guys doing with this? Um, you know, we I'm in California. You said you are in Colorado, if you're okay with mm -hmm. me sharing that. And how are you guys doing with this coronavirus and just kind of change of normal pace right now? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Bree. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Bree, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So, you know, I think we're finally starting to get a little bit of a rhythm and pretty soon it's probably going to change right back and I will have this rhythm and have to get right back into something different. But I have really enjoyed, we don't really go, go, go. You know, I do like my kids to be in some activities, but we, they're homebodies. All three of them love to be at home. So that part has been kind of easy for us. The part that I'm finding to be really tricky is I like to go work like at a coffee shop or the library just a couple hours when I have the chance because it gets me out of the house doing my thing. And so that has been a learning process a little bit. Um, I do often record podcasts at home, but I do the editing or extra things, you know, outside of the house. And so it gets me out just a little bit. So that part I'm missing because it's kind of 
like my my time, you know. Um, but I enjoy I enjoy seeing everybody slow down. Like I hope that there's remnants of this time when we go forward because we're playing more games and people are talking about exercise more and just taking time to do some of those things that we've been putting off because we're so busy. So I'm hopeful that some things penetrate into our busy lives once this is all over, but so far so good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about those kind of rhythms and routines. You know, you've mentioned that creating routines is something that's helped you and your family And so what is it about routines that you love or, you know, what routines have you set up that have worked for you? Sure. Absolutely. I think that um, besides like putting your things in a place in your home, the second best thing you can do for yourself, just as far as stress is to figure out those areas in your day that are hard. Because I think most of the time, these tasks that we have to do every day, like doing the laundry and cleaning and cooking meals for our family and cleaning up after the meals and all those things, you know, it takes up more mental clutter and more mental space than it actually does time because we think about how hard it is. We think about how long it's going to take. We think about how tired we are and don't want to do it. And all of that really causes us to be stressed. Whereas if you put into some some rhythms in your day where these things just happen naturally with the rest of your day, it takes that away because the tasks themselves don't actually take very much time. And, you know, this all started for me with laundry. Like I can wash laundry over and over and over, but I could not get it folded and put away. Like I would have five loads of clean laundry on the couch and my kids would say, where's my shirt? And I'd be like, well, go check the couch because that's where I keep the clean laundry basically. And I sat back one day and thought, why in the world can I not put this away? Like, why can't I, it takes five minutes to fold it and put it away. Why can't I physically do this? And what I found for me is it's because I would just continuously do loads before putting one away. And so I had this mound, which in my head looked really, really hard to do. And so it would just keep growing. And so one of my favorite routines, and I always suggest this to moms and some moms take it and love it. And some moms are like, I can't do that. But I always suggest just doing laundry every single day, small loads or big loads. And a lot of moms will say, well, I don't have enough clothes for that. But when you start doing it, you have a load every day that you can do because there's sheets and there's towels and, you know, kids clothes and stuff. And so when I started doing my laundry every day, I just made it a habit. I wake up in the morning, I put it in the laundry. Before we leave for school, I throw it in the dryer. When we come home from school, we fold it and put away and everybody helps. And it's just part of our day. Um, And the same thing with like cleaning. One of the things that was really hard for me when I first, you know, first started staying home with my kids because before I worked full time and when I started staying home, I thought, well, I better keep the house really clean because that's my new job, right, is to manage this house. And I would look for like cleaning routines and things online to help me do this. And it'd be like, Monday, you're supposed to do this. And Tuesday, you're supposed to do this. And then by Wednesday, I hadn't done Tuesdays yet. So I was panicking and realized that a lot of these routines just add to our day rather than just simplifying the tasks and doing it within your day. And so what I found to really work for me is, you know, every day after I brush my teeth, I wipe down the counter. Every day before I get in the shower, I wipe down the toilet really quick. And there's just those little things that we can add kind of to like our just habits that we already have. And I think that you can do this with your kids as well. They know at the end of the day, after they brush their teeth, they wipe down the counter as well. 
They know when they wake up in the morning, they make their bed before they come out of the room, you know, and there's just these little things. And I have a four-year-old, their beds don't look great, you know, but it's more about just the practice of putting this in, into their lives so that when they're our age and they're trying to manage a house, it's not something extra. Like we always think of all these things that need to get done as these extra weights on us when really we can do it within our day and we can show our kids that we don't have to spend our whole Saturday cleaning if we do a few things here and there throughout the week. Um, and so I love just just stepping back from my life and thinking like, what area of my day is the most stressful and how can I break that down and create a routine around it? Another thing that really works for me is to have daily resets. And so we take 10 to 15 minutes every day, you know, one in the morning, one in the evening and one kind of in the middle of the day or after school or wherever it fits. And just really quick, take everything back to where it goes. And it takes 10 or 15 minutes. Everything goes back to its home and we don't have to think about it again. And that has really, really helped. Um, and then another routine that I often teach about is, you know, like opening and closing your day, kind of like you're a business or you're like running a restaurant. How would you close out the day so that in the morning you didn't have all that extra stress? You would probably clean up your kitchen real quick and make sure the dishes are done, you know, and just turn off all the lights, put things back where they go and just like closing your house for the day. And then the same in the morning, like how do you want to feel in the morning when you open it back up? You know, do you want to have do you want to throw a load of laundry in to kind of get the day started? And I don't know, just breaking down those little things so that it's a part of our day rather than an extra thing to think about is really helpful. I love that idea of opening and closing your day. I do a lot of those same things, but I've never really thought about it in the, that terminology. And I, I mean, I think back to like my very first job. I worked as a receptionist at a health club and that was my job was closing the gym, you know, and yes, you go around, you make sure all the lights are off. You, you know, you have those things, those systems, those routines. And that's a really interesting way to think about it. I've never really thought about that. I do the same thing. I run my dishwasher. I set my coffee maker for the morning and I do those things, but that's yeah. a nice way to kind of have that mental sign of turn it closed. It's off. It's done. I can, let that go. And I'm, I imagine it would make it a lot easier to go to bed at night, knowing that I've done everything I needed to for that day. I was going to add when you were saying that is just that I find with myself is that I do really have to have these mental shifts. And so when I decided that, you know, it's kind of like closing down my house or opening it up, it gave me more like power over it. Like this is how I want my house to feel and to look in the morning when I wake up rather than all these tasks having the power over me and control over me. And so it made it more just something I kind of looked forward to and it added more joy into it because I got to create, you know, how do I really want my day to start? Like, how do I want my kids to feel and my home to feel when we start the day? And so, I don't know, it just makes it, it makes it more of a joyful process than like, oh, I gotta, you know, load the dishwasher again. Every night I gotta load the dishwasher. and rather than thinking of it that way, thinking like, how do I want my home to be in the morning? And what can I do real quick to make it feel that way has just really helped me have a different, a more positive view on all these things we have to do <laughs> to manage our home. Oh, I absolutely love that. I, that is fantastic. I love it. And I think probably a fantastic place 
to wrap up our conversation today. Oh, Jenna, thank you so much. That was so wonderful. But before we go, um, because you are fabulous, and I'm sure our listeners will want to find you, where can they find you? Um, sure. So I run a website called athomewithkids.com. There's all kinds of blog posts there, as well as just free resources to hopefully help you you know, in whatever season you're in, whatever's complicated for you right now, just to help kind of simplify that a little bit. And I also run the podcast, The Simple Home. And so you can find me there and um, yeah, just learn more about simplifying in whatever area that you're struggling in. And then I'm Jenna Arvidson on Facebook and Instagram. So if you want to connect with me there, I'd love to connect there. Fantastic. Well, we will definitely make sure to put all of those links in the show notes. And I do like to end each interview with three rapid fire questions. And so the first one is, what has been your favorite simple pleasure this week? Um, definitely going for walks in the morning. So I am so blessed right now because my husband's working from home. So we don't have to shout anywhere. And I have a little extra time. Like I don't have to go so early if I don't want. And so that has been super huge because I'm not able to get out of the house much. So going for a walk on my own is definitely my simple pleasure. <laughs> Very nice. And what is the best advice about minimalism that you ever received? Um, my favorite piece of advice is the two minute rule. I don't know if you've heard of this before. We've talked about it on my podcast a lot because this is something I adopted early on and it has changed the game for me completely. And this is more about like minimizing your time and your productivity and your stress level a little bit. But basically what it is, is anything, if you look at something and you know, it's going to take you two minutes or less, just do it right then. That has helped with paper clutter, you know, your mail, sorting through your mail. It's helped with laundry, folding the laundry and putting it away does not take much more than two minutes if you do one load, you know. So it's helped with just every area of my life. And I often talk about it in terms of actually simplifying too. Like if you could go through your junk drawer and just pull out 10 items in two minutes, do it right then. So that has probably been the thing that has changed just my overall stress level and overwhelm with raising little ones. Brilliant. And the last, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Um, having my kids home so much. And most people would probably say, oh, I'm so ready for them to go back to school. But I, so I was a teacher before I had my third baby and decided to stay home. And I am just loving the whole learning process with them. I love that we can start at nine o'clock instead of rush them out the door at seven o'clock. And I love that we can stop and do a puzzle and so I'm really trying to remember that I love that every day <laughs> because it is, it makes me so happy. But then, you know, by two, I'm like, okay, I need like nap time. But I, it's just a joy to get to have so much extra time and not just be rushing everywhere. Like we don't have after school swim lessons and we don't have, we don't have anything. So we get right. to just make our days how we want. So yeah, that's been wonderful. Oh, so nice. Well, yes, definitely embrace this time because it will not last forever. And so it's nice <laughs> yeah. to have that positive uh, spin on things. So, well, Jenna, again, thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to connecting again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. All right. Take care. All <laughs> Bye. Right, you too. Bye. Wasn't that great? Thanks to Jenna for being the first guest on my show. I'm sure you found some incredible nuggets tucked away in our chat. 
And that just about wraps it up for this episode of The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would absolutely be delighted if you would leave a review on iTunes. And while you're there, please take a second to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Okay, I promise I'm almost done. Be sure to join us next week when I will have not one, but two new episodes for you. I will be discussing how we're decorating our home with things that we have lying around, because honestly, shopping is pretty much out during the coronavirus, and that will be on a solo show. And then I will also be joined by another guest where we will be discussing decluttering with kids. They are episodes you will not want to miss. So I hope to see you then. Cheers. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.